Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace and Trade. I'm Simone de Rochefort, senior, oh, no, supervising <laughs> video producer at Polygon. And I'm here today with Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub, and Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack. Welcome to another Wednesday with Rocket. <laughs> Woo! Oh my God, this was a big WWDC this year. It was huge. It was pretty freaking juicy. Yeah, listeners. Yes. So, oh well. First of all, welcome back, Christina. I hope that your uh, trip to Atlanta was good. Yeah, it was great. Render ATL, um, which is a JavaScript conference, um, kind of set up by the Atlanta tech community, was awesome. Um, I also just want to give them a shout out because. I was the minority at that conference and not because I'm a woman. Um, and that was really great, to be completely honest. It cool. was great to see so many people of color and people like from like different backgrounds where, I mean, some of them have like, you know, traditional tech backgrounds, but some of them are coming into tech from other ways. That was really badass. And we need more of that. So uh, that was awesome. And I got to meet some great people, got to meet a number of my colleagues in person for the first time. And, and it was really fun. That's awesome. All right. Uh, well, let's let's get into this WWDC news, a thing that n- none of the three of us are at, although it sounds like Render was your good time conference for the year. So it yay. was. <laughs> yeah, no, I had an opportunity that people were like wanted me to go to a dub dub and and I wanted to go and hang out with people. But uh, I got in on Sunday and I was just like, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not flying to San Francisco. <laughs> That's fair. And yeah. you were just in California the week before, too, right? Exactly. All right. News out of WWDC. There are several things we're going to be talking about. New Mac OS Ventura. We're going to be talking about iOS 16. And of course, we will be discussing uh, chips, delicious, delicious, salty chips, new M2 chips in a new model of MacBook Air. And <laughs> what do you, you mean? You totally tricked me. I was like, was there some sort of like nightmare dessert topic that I missed that we were <laughs> I covering? Wish. And you you tricked me, Simone. Totally, uh, totally. And and also uh, pass keys. And, and the reason I give that a shout out is because listener uh, Ricky Mondello, they uh, got to introduce pass keys at the State of the Union, and oh, that wow. just made me incredibly happy. Aww. And and they've been working on this for a long time. It's also actually very cool tech. We can talk more about it in, in in terms of that stuff. But 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 seeing seeing them on uh you know stage, well, faux stage, whatever eh. was I I was so excited. I was like, that's my friend. <laughs> Anyway. All right. Well, let's talk about, let's start with macOS Ventura then, uh, since that makes sense. Uh, this is a pretty, pretty juicy macOS update. Uh, one of the things that they were touting is an update to mail, which I'll get out of the way because I'm kind of, here's my feeling on it. Everyone's saying, oh, wow, this is the biggest mail update in uh, forever and ever. And I think that that's great and is probably true. It's also, as a Gmail user, bringing some functionality to mail that I've had for a long time, such as uh, the ability to get uh, to intelligently detect missing attachments, set reminders, uh, schedule emails, undo sent emails, receive automatic like message suggestions, you know, to uh, like fill out the rest of your sentence um, and improved search. So very, very cool stuff um, that I guess to me and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm curious to know how you two feel uh, brings mail closer to the 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 standards kind of set by gmail 
Well, I still use Hey as my primary email service, which is uh, that client really, it's almost too bad the entire team left <laughs> because it's a good product and it's it's still undercooked. Uh, but I think all of us would probably agree that Mail is uh, by far the most undercooked uh, professional app in Apple's portfolio. Yeah, pretty unhappy every time I accidentally open it. <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah, what I've been using um, actually just to give people who might, or Mac users who might, who if you use Gmail, I mean, although I think that you could technically use it with with other types of services too. Um, but the real thing is, uh, well, no, right now it is just it is just Google stuff. But if you have if you're using Gmail like I do at work or uh, for personal things, like I have a number of my own domains hosted that way, there is an app uh, called MimeStream. M I M E S T R E A M. It's a native Mac app. It is not a wrapper, which is important. So it's not like any of the other many attempts at doing like Gmail stuff where like it's been really like kind of a, a web wrapper. It's a native Mac app that is um, basically like creating a really good um, native uh, Mac OS like email experience, but mm-hmm. it works with Gmail and it also works with a lot of Gmail features. It's really, really good. It looks like it fits at home on things. I'm glad to see these mail updates. There's been a long-standing bug in Monterey um, with um, certain uh, mail stuff that has not been fixed. I think we're all hoping that it'll get fixed this time. I'm also kind of doubtful, to be completely honest. Yeah. So we'll see. Interesting. Uh, it's uh, macOS Venture is also bringing a uh, functionality called Stage Manager. That will allow users to multitask better uh, by, you know, having a having a ton of windows, a ton of programs open, in, but with one still in the focus. Um, and as somebody who tends to have a lot of programs open, this is interesting to me. I am I'm curious to see what that functionality would be like with a program that, you know, requires as much screen real estate as Premiere, you know, when I'm also looking at things right. like, say, Asana uh, for, you know tasks that I'm trying to accomplish in a premiere project. But like the the idea of this functionality is pretty exciting to me. How did y'all feel? I mean, I'm really psyched about it. I'm a little bummed that it's limited to M1 uh, iPads. You know, my uh, I love my uh, my iPad uh, Pro, uh, but you know, it, it's just uh, an iPad is not a device you update as regularly as your iPhone. It's just not. It's something yeah. you you buy, right. you use for five or six years until the battery shoots, and then you buy a new one. So, um, uh, to me, I think this is it's it's really the kind of pro app uh, that. I think a lot of people are going to end up using it. Uh, you know, window management has always kind of been a, a weak aspect of Mac OS. I can remember John Syracuse complaining about this all the way back in Snow Leopard with mm. his review. And because he's so OCD, he tries to get things to like snap pixel perfect. So, uh, you know, I think it's a step forward because uh, I would imagine all of us, it's like a, a, a pile of OCD with Twitter opening one and, you know, <laughs> mail opening another and Slack opening another so anything to kind of bring uh order to that chaos i'm a thousand percent for mm-hmm. yeah yeah and similarly like i have a, i have a 2018 ipad pro and 11 inch um that i did not update to the m1 because frankly like the performance delta was still not there i would love to update it to an m2 i know we're going to be talking about that later they haven't announced that yet as soon as they do announce an m2 like successor you know ipad pro I will get one because then it'll be four years and, and yeah. I'll feel like I've had enough time. That's a good timeline. 
I'm right there with you on that. And I feel like I've, I mean, I don't, I have the same generation as you, Christina. I really feel like more than most iPad generations, I got my money's worth this time. 100%. Sorry, wait, which one do you two have again? She has the 13 inch. I have the 11 inch, but this is no, the, the I have 2018 the 11 inch as well. Oh, you also have the 11 yep. inch. Okay. Of so the we have the 11 inch. 2018 yep. iPad Pro. Okay. Yeah. So it works with the magic keyboard and all that stuff. And, and, um, it doesn't have, so, so the M1 models of the, and this is why I didn't actually get an M1, uh, um, iPad, um, uh, pro 11 inch is that it didn't have the OLED screen or whatever that the yeah. uh, 13 inch has 12.9 inch has. And I was like, look, if the big thing is the screen, I don't want the giant one because I already have a laptop and it's going to fall on my face. I'd like the the size of the 11 inch. I will wait, you know, until there's a more sizable um, upgrade. Um, but yeah, like you, I feel like I got my money's worth really good this time. Uh, I will say, though, looking at Stage Manager, I agree with you. Like, I think it's interesting. Window management on the Mac is not as good as it is on any other operating system, including Linux. Linux, you have a lot of options with various uh, tiled Windows managers, and and you can do some tiled window managers through third parties, and they work to varying degrees. Windows, especially with Windows 11, I'm sorry, but this is true. The way they do it is significantly better. The the, the snap um, uh, paradigm where you can basically just kind of choose if you wanted to snap something to the side or the top or whatever got significantly better with Windows 11. And um, if you install the free Power Toys um, utility, you have even more options. And that, and it builds it directly into kind of like the the where you're going to um, use the window controls. Like it's really, really nice. Mm-hmm. So that I actually think is better. This, okay, this is my feeling on this. Yes. When I looked at it on, because they showed it on Mac OS first, and I was like, okay, I can see how this can be compelling. I'm looking forward to trying it on an external drive when I install the the um, Ventura beta, which I haven't had a chance to do yet, but I will do this weekend. But I don't know if I'm going to love it or not, just because it's going to take up a lot of screen real estate mm-hmm. in a way that I don't know if it'll help my productivity. But when they showed it with iPad OS, it clicked for me. And in my opinion, this was a feature that was built for iPad OS, mm-hmm. and and I think that will really be compelling on iPad OS. But then they went ahead and they're like, "Well, we might as well just port it to the Mac too." But but to me, I feel like iPad OS is where you really have terrible window management yep. because you, you you have the dock, and then like the way that you can like set up your two side by side, like it's it's awful, right? Like it's gotten somewhat better, and I think that we all kind of have. Uh, Stockholm syndrome and pretend that iPad OS is is not. <laughs> I don't a, a know anything f- else though. I have never well, known uh, another tablet. <laughs> well, me me either, to be honest. But I'm just saying, like in terms of the the way, if you're going to use an iPad as a computer, you know, what's a computer like the, in in the way that Apple yeah. kind of wants you to. Like if you've got it with the keyboard and and, and you're trying to do all this whole thing, I, I think that. I would be. I think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who could argue with a straight face that the way that window management on iOS works, a, is in any way discoverable because it's not. Like, it, it, you, when you accidentally have a slide over a window and then, like, all of a sudden, you're like, "How? How do I get rid of this thing? How do I dock this thing? Oh no, I accidentally opened an, an extra Safari window and I don't want that. So I've got to merge my tabs because I can't just close the stupid Safari window like a normal person would. Um, you know, and 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 being able to kind of get the the stuff aligned, like the the drag and drop with the dock thing, like it, it's not great. So I, I look at this and I'm like, okay, this is a big improvement for being able to manage mm-hmm. and, and multitask, I think. So I looked at Stage Manager and I'm like, 
I don't know how often I'll use this on the Mac. I'm going to be completely honest. I have kind of my own workflow, but on a with, on a really big screen, it could be useful. But I think that the big thing is is that when you have it on um, iPad OS, especially if you have it paired with an external monitor, have they said if it's coming good. to iPad OS? Yes. Okay. But, but you've got to have an M1, but you have to have okay. an M1. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Whoever designed the multi, the, the, the like multi window interface for iPad uh, OS, they need to go to the UI Hague to be trying for like UI crimes. I, no, I, I will it's agree. So terrible. The things that Christina just mentioned, I do, I have had trouble with, like what accidentally opening a thing or having a thing p- come up in the pop in that I need to close. And have trouble getting rid of. However, I was just showing you two that I was taking yes, notes no, for, which is wonderful. My, and the I show, love that. Let me explain to the listeners because they don't yes. know; they didn't see the picture that okay. I was taking the show notes tonight. I had Google Docs open on one half of my iPad, mm-hmm. uh, the internet open on the other half, and then a Netflix uh, window Floating where window. I was watching F1 Drive to Survive, windowed over uh, like the part of the Google Doc that I wasn't using. And I was like, "Wow, this is actually this is the perfect functionality because Netflix." just automatically does that. And I agree. And that's wonderful. I think my point is that A, um, the way that you get there like should be a little bit easier than it is because the way you have to do it is you have to kind of drag one half over and then you have to, you know, pull up from the dock your other application or whatever. And then you've got to open up the YouTube app and put it in picture in picture or Netflix or whatever and put that at the top. Like I, I still feel like once you get it set up, I agree with you. It's awesome. I just think that the usability standpoint it's it's like it's so much worse than any other uh, any other system and i'm not going to give them a pass on it being a tablet because a bring touch to the mac you cowards or oh my bring God, mac yes. apps to or or, or 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 bring mac apps to the ipad one or the other you know what i mean yeah. um and and b every other operating system if we're talking chrome os if we're talking windows if we're talking again linux stuff linux should not be better at window management than this stuff. And it is. And that is depressing. So I, I, I agree with you. It's a fantastic setup when you use it right that way. I just personally find getting to that state like fair. Okay. Fair. Um, let's talk about Are you feeling a little judged, Simone? No, actually, because I'm happy with my life. Um, <laughs> I'm happy you're happy with your life. I, no, and I love that you have that ability. And and look, again, to be clear, like five years ago, the idea that we could have three things open on our iPad screen at one time. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh my God, what are we doing? It, which, which again, <laughs> they sell these things. They sell some of these iPads are like $1,300. So part of me is like, wow, we are really <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. And we're like, thank you for letting me have three things open at once. But I'm also like, <laughs> but I'm also like, oh my God, this is the best ever. Because like you, I very frequently will have two apps open on side by side and a video thing running. And I'm, and it's, and it's wonderful. It's blissful. Mm-hmm. All right. We got a lot of WWE yes, stuff. Yes, we do. Uh, let's through. talk Safari. Okay. Safari updates. Uh, being able to share tabs with groups of friends. Uh, the example used here was... <laughs> That's my worst nightmare. Oh, I know. No, I was going to say, this is going to be... Tr- my, my friend Alex Kranz, who sends us the worst stuff on oh, the internet no. all the time. She... I was, I, I was, I was tweeting when I was doing my live uh, thread. Uh, I was like uh, saying to Catherine, who, cause we're in a group chat together. And I was like, she's going to abuse this. Like it is, <laughs> it is going to be, and I can't wait. So honestly. you're pleading to Apple, roll it back, roll it back. <laughs> no, I mean, I find it funny. Catherine's the one who's like, roll it back. Me, I'm like, 
Look, you, I, you want I, the chaos. Well, yeah, I was going to say, look, you guys, like, I grew up on early internet. Nothing that I see online can phase me, like, genuinely. Fair. Like, I, 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 I've had people send me tub girl stuff so many times. So, <laughs> woof. Uh, well, this yeah, brings so, us you to know. passcodes or passkeys, rather, which yes. is what you were excited about. I'm I'm pumped for this. Yeah, yes. new passkey functionality uh, repl- might might replace passwords uh, can be synced across devices using iCloud. These are like unique digital keys. That's how Apple's describing them that stay on device and are not stored online anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they allow you to sign in using Touch ID or Face ID. Um, and like I said, sync across your devices with end-to-end encryption. Um, yeah, a, a cool, a cool new, I think, security option yeah. from Apple. How do y'all feel about it? It's really all about the implementation here, right? Like, I mean, it could be very good. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, Apple's, uh, you know, uh, synchronizing uh, your keychain with Safari and iCloud. I, I find it to be very hit or miss, right? So, you're you're really trying to have the trust that this is going to work as well, and throwing Face ID into the mix, and also that's really really locking you into the the Apple ecosystem. You oh, know, Christina, like. No, but oh, it's not though. But it's is not, it not though. No, it's not. So if I'm on my Windows laptop, how would I be able to access exactly. this? Exactly. Right. And they showed this off. Like 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 Ricky okay. showed this off in in their demo actually. And that's actually a core part of this. So for some background, this is so a number of companies and and I know a little bit about this because I I didn't work directly with these teams, but I've been aware of the passwordless movement for a long time. I've talked with the the people at Microsoft who've been working on their solution with this. Um, there's been this big move over the last, I'd say, five years in, in towards, uh, and really heavily in the last three years into getting to a state of, of what we, um, what's known as being passwordless. And the idea of being passwordless is that you get, you eliminate passwords altogether and you instead, you rely on biometrics. Um, so it can be a fingerprint. It could be, you know, like it could be a, a YubiKey. It could be, um, you know, your, your, your eyes, like whatever the case may be. And that's going to identify you. That's going to be your public key so to speak. And then you have the, the private key that is um, generated and is um, either on your device or is kind of held like in, in, in a server for whatever service you're accessing that will be able to kind of pair the two together and do a handshake. And so what's great about that is that you can't just replicate those things, right? So it's not an idea where somebody could steal your password and gain access. Like they're going to need access to a whole lot more things about you. Um, but it's a standard. And, and, and there's there's a there's a group called FIDO, F-I-D-O, that's been working on this. And a couple of months ago, actually, uh, um, a, an alliance, like a, a statement went out that Apple, Google, and Microsoft are all working on trying to solve this problem. Now, the implementations will be different, right? Like, so Passkeys is obviously going to have a first-class macOS, iOS experience. But because it's a standard, um, Ricky showed in their demo during the State of the Union, you could log in um, using kind of like a QR code with your phone or something else onto something on a Windows machine. So an option would come up. You would be able to kind of like use your phone and then the biometrics to um, essentially like authenticate yourself and log in automatically. And and, um, that the only way this will work the only way that this will work is if all the big companies work together. And so there are a number of members of the, the, the FIDO alliance that the two biggest ones or the three biggest ones, obviously, being like Apple, Microsoft and, and Google. Um, and that uh, the fact that they're all committed to doing this speaks well for how this stuff can can work um, a, a, across um 
devices and across implementations. Uh, again, each company is going to have their own thing. What's exciting to me about this, because people have been working on this for years, and, and you have some solutions right now like Okta, which is kind of a man-in-the-middle service. Um, I don't know if, if, if either of you have ever used Okta. I use Okta, yes. Okay, so Okta is a similar thing, right, where you basically you register a biometric um, in my case, like on my phone, it's Face ID. On my computers, I'm using um, a fingerprint sensor, and on the web, it's using a technology called WebAuthn, which is an which is a, 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 again a standard based thing that's been used by a lot of companies to basically say, okay, your key is this thing that's that's um, recorded in the secure enclave on your device. We have this registered as one of the the things that says that it's you. As soon as we kind of match those pairs together, we're going to let you have access to these things. The idea behind passwordless would be that in theory, you wouldn't have to have the Okta layer even, right? Um, and and mm. so it's 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 interesting, like if everybody were, were kind of a, a adopting um, these, um, these standards, uh, the implementation will be different. You know, what was exciting about this is that it's got to be cross-platform. And so they actually, they made Ricky use a Windows machine in their demo, which hilarious and uh and ricky was a really good sport about it on on twitter they they were saying oh no I, i'm really committed to this this is one of those things that's really important to show how this can take off because you can't have one you can't have a passwordless solution you can't have pass keys be adopted if it's only going to be in the apple ecosystem it'll fail and and mm-hmm. what excites me though about this i don't know whose implementation is going to be better and and i don't know how much that matters but Apple is the company, um, and like internally, I've heard from people at both Google and Microsoft who like grumble a little bit that Apple gets all the attention. Yeah. But here's the reality. When Apple adopts something and pushes it out to their consumer stuff, the rest of the industry follows. And so if we're going to actually see, because we're still a few years away from this truly working magically, but if we see this, uh, you know, like if, if they're able to push this forward, then this is going to push the entire industry forward, which is really great. Ah, uh, other exciting features coming to macOS Ventura. Uh, we're almost done with the macOS segment. I'm just going to breeze through these last ones because one of them is going to lead us right into iOS. Uh, continuity camera, the ability to, Woo-hoo! instead of using the built-in camera on your laptop, use your iPhone as a webcam, leading presumably to a better camera quality. Uh However, uh, oh, not however, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, new MacBook cameras later. Uh, let me scoot into an update to messages on macOS and iOS. Uh, they're adding the ability to unsend a message or edit a sent message. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It's I, good. I love Craig Frederick's, uh, you know, his whole presentation with this because he's such a nice guy. And you can tell the subtext is like when you're really off and you send that message and you know you shouldn't have, like yep. that's the subtext of it. He's like, oh, wouldn't you've just got a typo, right? You can't it's have like, a typo no. in your messages. It's like, it's like no, no, it's, no, you sent that nude to the wrong person and you yeah. need to immediately bring it back. That's <laughs> this what that's could have for, saved Succession season three. <laughs> it could, it could. Like, just think, just think. Like, 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 it, like if Roman had realized before. That he sent it to the wrong place, he could have recalled that, and yeah, yep, wow, could it could have changed lives for the better? Uh, all right, let's scoot right on, actually, into an ad read. What? Oh my god! <laughs> this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business 
online. You can stand out from the crowd with a beautiful website. You can engage your audience with your beautiful website. And you can sell anything with your beautiful website, whether that's your products, your services, or the content that you create. Squarespace has you covered. With Squarespace, for example, uh, you could use insights to grow your business. If you've ever wondered where the heck your site visits and sales are coming from and which channels are the most effective for driving those sales, you can analyze all of that in Squarespace. Once you've got that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. You can also, like I said, sell your products in an online store. Whether those products are digital or physical, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling them online. And of course, you can also get blogging. Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You'll be able to categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make that content work for you. I personally uh, have loved building Squarespace websites. I used uh, my Squarespace website as a blog uh, and to showcase and link out to products, those being books, books which I was not selling from the Squarespace website, but, you know, trying to create a a sales experience on the website where people could be like, oh, this looks nice. What a cool blurb. What a beautiful cover. Let me click through to the, you know, uh, book to book link or the Amazon link, whatever link that might be um, to purchase said book and read some beautiful thoughts from the author. Um, so I really enjoyed that. It was perfect for, for my needs. Um, and I see Squarespace websites in the wild all the time being used for others needs as well, including for podcast websites, for example, head to Squarespace squarespace.com slash rocket for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you are ready to launch, use the offer code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That is squarespace.com slash rocket. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for rocket. That's us. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Oh, a different little jingle that time. I like it. iOS 16 updates. A beautiful aesthetic update of iOS 16 coming out this fall. I think the main selling point here uh, are all the customizations that are coming to the lock screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, such as different fonts, uh, adding different colors to the lock screen, adding widgets to the lock screen, which I know some of our colleagues here at Relay will be super excited about. Um, you'll be able to switch between different widgets on the lock screen by swiping through them uh, and apply different focus modes, uh, as well as just focus on um, like live, what uh, Apple is calling live activities. So say it is a lift ride that you are taking right now. It's offering you updates on that ride. Uh, is there a sport event that's happening that you're following? It's offering those live updates on the sport event. So more control in general over both notifications on the lock screen and just like what useful content is being displayed to you in that ever so important place. Um, I'm just hoping. So, so yeah. I'm for this. I'm yeah. for this, obviously. But can we just take a moment to appreciate the irony? Yes. That... You know, like, like if you want to step back in time to like a year probably ago, what, what do you think five years ago on, on iOS when it was like Android versus iOS, right? 
The yeah. argument was, look, Android will let you customize whatever you <laughs> right. want, any widget. And all of us, I think you could probably find stuff of me saying it on the show, like, no, look, we we don't need it to be so complicated. iOS is meant to be accessible for normal people. <laughs> we need it to be, you know, this stuff is confusing from a UI point of view. It's just a, when you keep introducing this complexity huh. to it, it comes at a cost. And I saw that and it's like, what iOS is now exactly like I watched the the demo of him doing this. It looks great. I'll use it. I'll enjoy it. I cannot tell you how many times I've had a picture. And it's like not quite sized correctly or like someone's face is right over the clock. And I love <laughs> that I can move all of that. But I just want to note the irony that if you're saying like we're all Android's sheep. philosophy versus our philosophy, Android one, y'all, it just did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it totally did. I mean, but what, 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 what really this has proven is that we've all been coping for like years. And now uh, all the all the all the things that the Android people have said about us, not all of them are true, but a lot of them that are true is that we're coping hard. And then as soon as Apple introduces it, we're like, oh, my God, it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, we're we're we're, 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 we're simps and we're coping and um, we're sheep. But putting all that aside, I'm also super, super excited to make my my home, um, my, my lock screen look really, really hot. Yeah, I, I've got a pretty good photo on my lock screen right now. Excited to, you know, well, we'll see if the photo's the same come fall. Uh, maybe I'll have a better photo by then. Excited to customize around it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think these things come in trends. Like, it's the same with, I mean, that that's Apple versus Android's whole philosophy, right? Is that they, they kind of each stake a claim and we all think, all right, we're doing it this way. But eventually, you know, public opinion will sway maybe more towards one or more towards the other. And in, in most, at least aesthetic matters. Yeah, I think. What's I agree with that. What's interesting, though, is that by the, when Android launched, right, like it was taking some of um, its cues from um, a, a lot of the big customizability stuff. Really, you actually saw through some of the third party skins from uh, people like HTC and HTC basically just brought over the interface that they had built on top of, of Windows Mobile. And, and so you had a lot of like customization and widgets and you had some of it built into like the very, very early versions of Android, but it wasn't quite the same. Um, but at that time, you know, you got to think like when iOS launched, like we had widgets for Mac OS, which are coming <laughs> back. And you had themes that people would install that maybe it wasn't exactly like, it wasn't necessarily highly sanctioned, by Apple, but they certainly didn't like tell you not to. Where you had companies like 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 Panic and Icon Factory and and other and, and other companies who would like sell tools that people would like customize the entire look and feel of their OS. Like there's a whole generation of of Mac designers and developers that grew up theming and doing this stuff. And mm -hmm. I've I've always thought and like and it led to an, an amazing period of, of innovation um, in, in the indie community that, who then got jobs at bigger places. And I've always thought that the that once kind of you know that the, the Snow Leopard era, era and, and beyond, I've always thought, and, and even the early jailbreaks, one of the most common things that you would do on a jailbreak iPhone, and this is going back to like was to customize it. Uh, yeah, it was to customize it, was to have themes, different icon sets, different looking, you know, docks. So we had a dock goes. at the time. <laughs> What's the insert end of Great Gatsby quote here? <laughs> exactly. Boat speeding against the tide. So what I'm saying is, is that I think that the last 
you know, 14 years or whatever, like, you know, decade plus of Apple kind of pushing back against that. I think that's actually been a negative thing. I understand mm-hmm. not wanting to have things get too crazy and wanting to have consistency. But I, I love I'm kind of glad that they're coming around on the like freedom of, of expression a little bit because people love it. And if someone wants to make their phone look really chaotic, you know what? Let them. Like, <laughs> it's in your power. Uh, yeah. Also, coming to iOS 16, just a couple more things. Uh, shared iCloud photo libraries, I wanted to mention. Yes. Lovely. Um, yes. As well as pay later coming to Apple Pay. You can pay for things <sighs> in installments. I have thoughts about this. For, yeah. uh, I have for installments this. over six weeks, uh, with one it's every awful. two weeks. So, this is ostensibly, I guess, a competitor to services like Klarna. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you hate about it? Because I, I, I guess it's I'm predatory. curious. Yeah, it's a bit it's predatory, predatory, but I, wrong. it didn't seem that there were there was interest being charged on those payments. Well, they say that, and yeah. but I'm sure this is all going to be subject to credit approval. So to me, I'm going to be a complete cynic here. This is all about getting as many people as possible to sign up for the Apple Card. Yep. So you're only going to be able to really take advantage of this, from what I know, if you have an Apple Card, which has a, a, a fairly high kind of credit rating thing. And yes, they might have you in on the six payments. But if you miss your payment, I guarantee you that there's interest. I guarantee you there are penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at Klarna and if you look at a firm and some of the other ones, their valuations, they've raised a ton of money. And then when you look at the amount of debt like the unpaid debt that people bring up on these things for buy now, pay later, it is staggering. And I th- I personally think that it is, I got some pushback from some people on this, but I'll be honest, I think this is gross. I think this is mm-hmm. not a thing that I like seeing companies in. And I'll go on record on this. They are not the only ones. Microsoft, my former employer, the, the company that owns the company that I work for now, they've built in some, um, you know, buy now, pay later financing stuff into Microsoft Edge, which is a great browser. I've been very vocally internally about how gross and predatory I think that is. But I I don't like this. I think that it's predatory. I think that it encourages bad behavior. And it also seems like just so nakedly ambitious. This is to get people to sign up for the Goldman Sachs, you know, issued Apple MasterCard. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm a thousand percent with you there, Christina. Um, And I want to say something that I want to ask you about this, Simone, because the reason, as I understand it, like buy now, pay later has always been a thing. Like it certainly was around when I was a, a teenager and I couldn't afford like things like computers and things. But you know, it, this is a practice like layaway. It, it's it's mm-hmm. typically preyed on people without money. And the stats right. on this have shown that for millennials and Gen Z, it has just skyrocketed mm-hmm. in popularity. Mm-hmm. Why is this? It is obviously because of the economic exploitation of two now generations of American history. So, you know, I have no doubt that Apple's financial services division is turning a nice little profit for them. I I have no doubt of that whatsoever. But it's really hard for me to, like, it's already kind of a lie. But, you know, when Apple is out there putting this nice kind of socially responsible face on the world, and then uh, with the other hand, and they're like advertising they're these services that are just objectively preying on the poorest people out there. When you have more money than God already, it, right. it's just gross. I mean, do you see this with, with people you know, Simone? 
Uh, I have definitely, I've not seen it with people that I know, but I have read certainly about like Afterpay and Klarna just being ridiculously predatory. And like there have been situations where like I, there, I can't remember what I was purchasing, but I almost decided to do it through Afterpay uh, just because it was a pretty biggish purchase. And then I saw just the interest structure that it had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. And also, no, I'm not signing up for, for this service. No, I'm not giving you my freaking information. No. Um, I, I definitely feel like, like for, for me as a person who has an Apple card and is already embedded in that structure and like uses, say, their payment plan when I'm buying yeah. my iPad, yeah, I, I, I feel more inclined to be like, okay, this this feels like more within my control as a consumer, whereas something like a third-party service functioning on a, a, a website that's totally unrelated to it, I, I, I do 1,000% believe those are predatory and I don't trust them. This is maybe just 100% predatory <laughs> as right, opposed to 1,000. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think this is as bad as those only because, as you said, they, well, and actually, I, I, I'm not going to be clear if I say if it's as bad as this. I think it's different because, like you said, you already have the card. They've already had their 0% interest thing, which I always do in most cases because mm-hmm. why should I, like, if it's 0% interest, I have the automatic way to do it. I could buy it in cash, um, but why, why, why should I not take advantage of, of the, you know, 0% interest rate? Like, I'll do that. Where I where I have questions, I think, is when you start getting into these six weeks plans, because usually Apple's terms are six months or 12 months, and sometimes they can even be two years. And so that feels like you could be over 24 payments usually or, or uh, you know, uh, over 12 or, or over six. And yeah. Um, and, and that that seems like, especially if it's a big purchase, you're getting it through the Apple card. That's one of the things you're doing. When you're now talking about a purchase that's not through Apple, that's, you know, a, a six-week thing. So they're going to be taking out payments, you know, every six weeks or every week or whatever. I don't know. Um, I guess it'll depend on whether or not, like, the – I know initially – that the to get approved for an Apple card was difficult. And I know my initial, the amount of money they gave me was laughable. I think they gave me a $750 limit, which was <laughs> insulting, which was insulting. What? And, and, and so I, I, I called back six months later and now it's 20,000, which is more in line with my other credit cards. But like, yeah, I was insulted by that. I was like, are you kidding me? Because not that my credit is perfect, but based on my income and my paying on time stuff, that was just stupid. So, but I do wonder, like, if this is, if Goldman Sachs and Apple, if they're going to be pushing to get more people signed up for cards, which a lot of credit card companies do, and don't don't think for a second that Apple is somehow any better because they're not, those things, they oftentimes will, it's not unlike the subprime thing where they're going to be approving people who may or may not yeah, have the ability sure. to do that. And and then if you're saying, okay, anything you buy on Apple Pay, you can split over six weeks. I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's as bad. But I also look at this and I'm just like, when you look at the numbers of the number of people that have defaulted or that have late payments or have other stuff on those other services, I have absolutely no expectation that it will be demonstrably different with Apple unless they are only keeping it to you know, people who have a certain credit card score and higher who are approved for a card, in which case then it's not that different from some of the things that American Express has. But Mm -hmm. look, the fact of the matter is that to get an American Express card is a lot more difficult for a lot of people than it is to 
sign up for these, you know, buy now, pay later services. So yeah, I'm not a fan. Let's move on to the M2 chips. Oh, yes. Okay. It's coming. The M2 chip. We had previously thought last year, oh, is the M2 chip coming? Not yet. It was the M1 Pro, the M1 Max, and the M1 Ultra in, you know, an ongoing series of names that I don't believe should be allowed to exist. But now Apple is debuting the M2 chip. It's got 25% more transistors than the M1, and Apple is promising improvements in CPU and GPU speed. The first machine uh, to get it is going to be the new MacBook Air. And along with that M2, it's getting MagSafe. Uh, MagSafe in a colorway that will match the laptop itself. And of course, it's got two new colorways along with silver and space gray. It's got quote unquote starlight gold and midnight blue. Excellent freaking choices all the way. Mm-hmm. The shape, the form factor is similar to the MacBook Pro. Uh, and it's got a headphone jack two Thunderbolt USB 4 ports that'll begin at 1200 with an 8-core GPU and 8 gigs of RAM, 256 of storage, uh, but all of the models of it uh, will support up to 24 gigs of RAM and 2 terabytes of storage. Still only one external display, though. Weep, weep, weep. Uh, it'll have a fanless design uh, with a uh, performance boost, according to Apple, of course, uh, at speaking at WWDC. They're very excited about it, obviously. We'll see how reviews are. Uh, performance boost uh, with 13.6-inch display with 500 nits of peak brightness, a 1080p FaceTime camera, of course, the ability, as we said, to use your phone uh, with continuity camera as your webcam, uh, as well as new mics and speakers. And it will keep the Touch ID, uh, which we do love to see. Along with this, I will say just a quick note that I think is a pretty freaking good deal. The M1 MacBook Air will continue to be available at $999. Yeah, that's love a really it. good deal. Yeah. What do y'all think about the uh, M2 chip upgrade plus the new MacBook Air? Well, they're kind of two topics, right? Yeah. Like like the, the M2 chip, um, you can almost like copy and paste my thought of this from any Apple event, but I just, I don't believe Apple's benchmarks ever. <laughs> uh, we didn't get into the, the whole CarPlay thing. I hope we can talk about that a little bit, but they had some absurd stat that just strains, credi- <laughs> strains <laughs> any kind of credibility that like 89% of people uh, would not consider a car without CarPlay, which I just, I flat out do not believe um uh so uh, as far as the claims with the m2 chip obviously the m1 was amazing um you know i think common sense would be it's going to be kind of diminishing returns for the gen 2 chip so i want to wait for independent people to go out and really you know tear this apart uh outside of apple's benchmarks uh like with my M1 MacBook I have right now. I've never felt it's underpowered at all. Mm-hmm. I've never felt the battery life was bad. I've never felt it wasn't graphically strong enough to do anything. It's just, it's a champ top to bottom and probably the best laptop I've ever owned. So, um, you know, I'm not really in a rush to go out and replace it. Uh, so that's kind of, can we talk about the chip first and then yeah, go to the Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I yeah. feel like I'm with you there in that I, of course, I'm always happy to see new chips, especially if they turn out to be improved 
improvements. But like you, I'm very happy with where I am. Like if if you're still on a non uh, Apple Silicon laptop, yep. Maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the time to upgrade to the M1 Air. Uh, <laughs> but I'm definitely not going to be throwing my well my work supplied M1 MacBook Pro out the window uh, anytime soon. Uh, what about you, Christina? Feelings on the M2 chip? Yeah, I mean, so this is the M2, not the M2 Pro or the M2 Max or the M2 Ultra. Ugh, save and me. <laughs> save me I, from I that. Right. So, no, no, but, but I point this out because the way that they do these, the way they clearly have segmented these chips are different ways. So you have some things that they're saying, like 20% improvements, and and obviously there's a higher, potent, like a max memory amount can go to 24 gigabytes. They still have some constraints that at this point, I I honestly wonder if they are just segmentation, which is to, you know, like the the, the single display output thing. Um, I, I You could do two external displays at 1440p at 60 hertz. You could do that. And in fact, people do by, by buying DisplayPort um, uh, adapters, which is kind of a hack. Um, and that feels weird to me that like they, they can't support more than one external display. But it looks like these are good improvements. Um, I'll have more comments when we talk about the devices themselves. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I think this is, this is nice progression, but I also think that this is, they are very clearly, and I think this is smart, the way they're segmenting these chips is that like, not all M2s are the same. So yes, they have like maybe the same basic core stuff, but what, like if you have an M1 Max or an M1 Pro or an M1 Ultra, that is still a significantly better chip than what this is going to be. But to your point, Simone, if you're somebody who's not already in the Apple ecosystem, I think that this brings even better performance. We now have, you know, a couple of years of OS updates. There's also now a couple of years of developers getting on board so that the, the translation layer stuff is, is less needed. Um, if we have a chance later, I'll talk about one of the nerdier things that, that they announced um, in, in terms of uh, VMs and Rosetta, which is exciting to me personally. Um, that it's not M2 related, but but that they announced at WWDC. Um, so no, I mean, I think it's good. I think that I'm glad to see things progressing. Um, I am curious to see like what this will mean for the inevitable Mac Pro, um, like Apple Silicon thing. Um, I, like I wonder how many of these things they're going to basically, you know, attach together to, to be <laughs> the, the base for that. Just keep but, gluing but, them together. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, they're going to be using their 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 um uh, their, their cubelet processor or whatever their version of it is. That's what Nvidia calls theirs, but it's the exact same thing. Um, no, I mean, I think I think it's good. Um, I uh, I think that if you're happy with your M1, there's probably okay. It depends. We're going to talk about the MacBook Air in a second. I think if you're happy with your M1, I don't know, especially since the buyback prices are not super great. I don't know if you need to like drop it and get a new one, right? Like I think you're going to be fine. But For sure. if you're but if you're on like let's say you're on like on a 2017 or a 2018 Intel MacBook um Pro or or Air, like a, like a, like a Retina MacBook Air, uh it might be worth depending on where you are in your upgrade cycle, this might be worth something considering um because the improvements look good, but I'm also with Bree, some of the benchmarks like I will believe it when I see yeah, it. We'll it's sort see. of like it's sort of like when they were showing their gaming prowess. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, nah. stop. Uh, let's take a minute out of this before we talk about the MacBook Air to talk about trade coffee. Uh, so <gasps> most recently, I think we had tuned in. I had just gotten a roasty, smoky, toasty, uh, <laughs> the dark thunder from Clatch. But you know what I'm looking forward to now is a roast 
from Necessary. Apparently, this will be full-bodied and roasty. A sultry cup providing plenty of cocoa sweetness with hints of toasted nuts and molasses. I'm looking forward to that. And it's going to be arriving soon for me. Uh, like, in, uh, oh my god. It it could arrive, actually, this, this week if I wanted to. But it's going to be arriving, I believe, at the beginning of next month. Yeah, between 624 and 627. And I know this because I'm a subscriber of Trade drinktrade.com. They send me a beautiful bag of coffee uh, every 28 days. And who decided that? I decided that. I get to decide how often they send me coffee. I get to decide what kinds of (laughs) coffee they send. I get to decide what kind of grinds I ask for, how adventurous my flavor profile is. All of that is within my power. Um, and I, I quite enjoy it. Uh, when you become a Trade Coffee customer, you can enjoy knowing you've got the freshest and best tasting coffee you've ever made at home. And the coffee you'll be drinking will be from the country's best independent craft roasters, which helps those small businesses out a lot too. And guess what? Trade's coffee team, again, my ideal job, I'll say it openly here, tastes, tests thousands of coffees. There are tears in my eyes to keep 450 kinds of coffee live and ready to ship every day. Everyone has one coffee that they just love and trade is going to help you find it. Um, I'm pretty sure they they found mine already. It's the um, black velvet from Atomic, uh, which I got back in March and I freaking loved it. Um, but I'm in- also enjoying my experiment. I-, I I will order that one again specifically. Another power that I have to order a coffee again because I specifically want it. But I'm also just so excited every month to see what they're going to send me. So I end up being like, oh, okay, let me let me experiment. Um, but if you don't like the coffee, uh, Trade is so incredibly confident they'll match you the first time that if they don't do that, you just give them your feedback. And an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. So you know you'll be looked after. Trade Coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters, Small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world. Um, uh, It takes just a couple of questions to get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered to you as often as you freaking like. Um, Yeah, so I I ended up getting, I started off uh, with uh, the deal that I, I think might be for you listeners as well, where I got like three bags sent to me. And then I was like, this is fun. I'm going to pay for it with my own money. Um, and I've continued to do so because I enjoy receiving uh, receiving a little coffee treat every month. Um, I consider it, it's almost like a dessert for me, uh, that a dessert that I drink every day. <laughs> <laughs> right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash rocket. That is more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started today by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash rocket and let trade find you a coffee that you will love. That URL, one more time, is drinktrade.com slash rocket for $30 off. And don't forget, Father's Day is coming up. A trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lovers in your life. Our thanks to Trade for their support of this show and Relay FM. Can't wait for my next bag. It's blue. How exciting. Uh, MacBook Air. New MacBook Air with its thick little profile. Uh, 
Don't say it like that, Simone. Um, it's M2 chip. It's MagSafe. It's Colorways. Uh, I honestly, I'm, I'm curious to know what you two have to say about this because it, it feels to me like, yay, a nice upgrade, but it's also just a new MacBook Air to me. Am I being silly? I think, I think you're a little, a little bit pessimistic. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm always <laughs> Sorry, like, yay, a new MacBook you. Air, yeah. but what's that going to change for me? <laughs> I think this is really compelling. So I think that, so this is, this is a, um, the first time that we've, uh, this is the second time now, like we saw obviously brand new machines, the 14 and the 16 inch, you, you had a 16 inch MacBook before, but, but it, you know, overheated and whatnot. And, and the 14 inch was a brand new chassis and, de- and design. But I, you know, they had the Retina MacBook Air and that was fine. And that was, um, in, in some ways a capitulation, you know, like, They'd wanted the MacBook to be a thing, right? They they really wanted the 12 inch MacBook to take over where the air sat, and frankly, the the power just wasn't there because to get the chip that would be cool enough, um, and and not overheat the whole thing and have the the, the power, um, you know, like a envelope, you had to make all kinds of compromises, and so that didn't work. What I like about this is that it's redesigned. So they got kind of rid of the the traditional tear uh, drop shape, and 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 I say traditional because that's what the the second, well, the third edition like MacBook Air had that the ones from 2010 onward had, um, and and instead it's, it's a little bit more square. It's still very thin. It's actually thinner even than the original 12 inch MacBook. But um, I I want to get feedback on the keyboard because I want to make sure that they didn't like go two steps back <laughs> on the keyboard. Um, but they have, you know, MagSafe and, and it has, it still only has two ports, whatever. Um, but it, the, the design looks really, really good. Um, and, and I think that like they, they did lower the volume a little bit. Like, I think this is really nice. I think that this is like, we've redesigned our device, uh, to put it in this context. And, um, I think the new colorways are great. I think that midnight color, which almost looks black makes this thing, look very close to my favorite Mac of all time, which was the, the, the black book, the Intel black book from, you know, the, the, um, mid aughts. Um, and, uh, no, I think, I think this is really, really good. I think that this is like a great direction, uh, especially, I don't know if we're going to talk about the womp womp, the, the MacBook Pro, the 13 inch MacBook yeah, Pro. Yeah, I have to say about that. We'll, which we'll does not need on. to yep. exist, but we'll, we'll hold off on it. But I think that this makes a really compelling case. I think that this is, Especially like the way I the way I think that is being positioned is that I feel like for ninety nine percent of the of buyers out there, I think that the the new MacBook Air is absolutely the Apple laptop you should buy. And if you need more, then you need to go to the fourteen inch base model and, and, and then configure from there, right? But I think that this is a really nice modern, well designed um, laptop for for kind of the the M series era. So so you know the M two era. Um, I like it. I, I like I said, I, I think that if you have something already that works for you, no, you don't need to up, update. But I think that this is going to become like the MacBook Air is, the, is their best selling laptop by far. And I think that the changes they've made here are going to just continue that trend and, and make it um, even more or, or keep it as successful as it's been. I definitely yeah. I agree with that, Christina. Um and I, I, I want to go through this one at a time. Like, as far as the colors, I like these colors. The black looks gorgeous. Starlight looks gorgeous. Um, I, I, I do lament the, the, the lack of rose gold there because yes, we are I'm all very rose gold trash here on the show. Uh, but I like the colors. That said, I really desperately 
wish that Apple would introduce more color and more whimsy into their MacBook line. Yeah, people put stickers on their laptop just to try to differentiate them because as yep. high quality as these are, they are the Big Mac of laptops, right? <laughs> and and I, it's just like you had the guts to turn that just a beautiful color into the iMac line. And no one is ever going to criticize Apple and be like, you're out of ideas with the MacBook introducing colors. I think it would be a wildly, wildly, wildly popular line. So um, I, I just, I, I'm, I like these colors. I'm just tired of the really conservative choices that they're making. Uh, as far as the overall design of this, I really, I, I think it has not been talked enough uh, and about enough that this is literally the thinnest uh, 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 MacBook Air they've ever made. Really? It's essentially like uh, putting two iPads like on, <laughs> on top, top of, of each other. other. Like, it's really, really beautiful. Uh, and I think this is the best one for, for a lot of people. That said, the reason I'm not interested in this, because I certainly have had like my powerful pro computer that I have. And then I've also had an air, you know, back when they had the, the 11 inch uh, MacBook air, I've certainly invested in both those laptops. And what I've found for me is my iPad pro really takes that slot of what the air used to be, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I need to travel and I want something, that's a little bit more powerful than my iPhone, but I don't want to lug around a, you know, my MacBook Pro all day long. I just I think the MacBook Air with the the keyboard is a better choice overall for that. Mm -hmm. So I, I think for a lot of people, this is going to be a great laptop. It's just not one that I'm personally interested in buying. Um, we also have to talk about Apple's webcams overall you know they they bring this forward and you know they they're like they finally upgraded it a little bit i'm sorry the one in the the last macbook is trash i have no reason to not <laughs> believe this is trash too you know as someone that has uh you know, invested in like a full frame camera and has spent a lot of time uh and money like upgrading my desktop equipment for for video streaming for home lately yeah, the thing that like the Apple MacBook needs is like a decent light or 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 just better color stuff with it, right? There's so many like bread and butter things with the webcam that people are actually innovating on, and mm -hmm. they they just simply can't deliver. Uh, I got the Lumina webcam a while back, yeah. which is not a great product. It's not a AAA product, but it's solid, and it's a huge upgrade from what Apple does. And yeah, just the, I, have the, yeah. I have the Opal cam and yeah. and it's it's great very jealous of that by the way i would love to be able to get one of those um and i think the like popularity of these devices really speaks to how much innovation we we want in this space like i think professionally like a good webcam and good lighting for zoom meetings and webex i really is one of the best investments you can make in just presenting yourself professionally i and will say zoom yeah. added recently a very i think important and groundbreaking capability uh called zoom avatars where instead of showing hmm. yourself you can become a cute animal yes um <laughs> and for me <laughs> 
and the way that I present myself professionally. No, I was going to say so that, that groundbreaking. No, I was going to say I frequently have a Simpsons background as my Zoom background. So like the like the, like the Simpsons house. It's very house. different from using motion capture to become a cute cat. No, my point my point was I now want to use the cute cat thing oh. to be in the Simpsons. This yes. is what I'm saying, Simone. I want to actually so be right. in the whole thing. Um, no, and I agree with you, Brie. I think that this actually, we didn't talk, I don't think we talked enough about continuity camera. I think that that is actually, um, in some ways a capitulation, like on the one hand camo got Sherlocked, which is unfortunate. Um, although they will still obviously have some features and advantages that the, um, the others won't because you'll need to have iOS 16, which obviously not all cameras that people would want to use can have. Um, I, I was laughing and joking because, you know, I got the studio display, which has just, a complete dog camera built into it. Like it is, it it. is bad. I have, but I did it on purpose because it is, it is, it it is dog blank. You really, I like the pause, the very uh, emphatic pause that you took to make sure that I was paying attention. Yep. I I did. I was, I, I, cause I, I, I knew that you needed to be listening for it because I was going to say it because it deserves it. But no, the, the webcam that's built into the studio display is abysmal. I actually will bet money uh, not a lot of money because I've already lost a lot of bets, but I will bet money that the webcam in the 10, the 1080p webcam in the tiny, tiny MacBook Air is better than the webcam in the studio display that is $1,600, uh, which is stupid. But I feel like I agree with you, Bree. Like they are leaving a lot on the table. But I do actually think this is one of the interesting things with the continuity camera because if you get the mount and it works with wired and wireless, it works as a webcam device in Mac OS. So like every app can see it. That I think is actually, I, I, look, do I feel like they should be doing more? I do. But at the same time, I almost every single Mac owner is going to have an iPhone. And if you have it running the latest you know, software, being able to use that rear camera could be a really, really good way of not having to buy a full frame camera or a mirrorless like I did or an Opal cam and and get better quality. So I'm glad they're at least doing that because um, it, it even though it does kind of feel like a capitulation or acknowledgement of, of how bad their cameras are. Mm-hmm. Now, do we want to talk about the MacBook Pro M2 upgrade or do we want to save it because we've got uh, an yeah. hour? Let's just say I know the have... touch bar needs to die. It's well, like I, John, I, Jason Voorhees. Uh, yes. No, I uh, my, I just want to say and go on my brief rant. This is a product that does not need to exist. This is a product that that is it. They're clearly only updating it because they're selling it, and I don't know why they're selling it. For the last two years on, on, on Jason Snell's um, Six Colors Apple Report card, I've talked about how the MacBook lineup has become a little bit muddled. And the reason that I pointed out is that, um, and it was even more muddled this year, like they had the two 13-inch MacBook, you know, pros, I think at, at, at one point, like you know, for, the, for the M1 one, they had the one with the touch bar and the one without, and then they got rid of one of them, I don't know. Anyway, it's it's mm-hmm. for most people, I would say, when you've actually done the actual stats, and we saw this with, with M1, I do not imagine it will be any different with, with M2. If you are doing very sustained loads, which you are almost exclusively going to be seeing in synthetic testing, you're not actually going to see in day-to-day stuff, the performance was almost identical. And that's despite the fact that one has a discrete band and, um, one, and, and an extra core. So to me... The fact that this thing still has the old design, still has the freaking touch bar, which no one wants or needs, 
Ah. And 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 when you actually like configure it with the the base RAM and the base um, uh, SSD that the 14 inch M1 uh, Pro has, it's a $200 difference. There's no reason for anyone to be buying the 13 inch MacBook Pro, in my opinion. You yep. should get the MacBook Air, and if you need more, you should be getting the the you know the, the 14 inch um, uh, base model. Like to me, there's zero reason for that to exist, and I'm kind of mad they have it existing. And sorry, I know we're going super long, but to go on one more tangent, they announced what products they're cutting from mm-hmm. um, getting um, macOS uh, Ventura. And it, it seems like it was a, there were a couple of Intel generation things. Um, Ernie um, over at, at TDMP thinks that it might have been um, uh, wanting to get rid of Display uh, or Thunderbolt 2. I think that makes a good case for it. I understand you need to get rid of stuff. What off about it. Um, I got my mom a Retina MacBook. She's still good to upgrade, thank God. But they were they were selling a, a MacBook Air in t- from 2017 to 2019 that was running a fifth gen chip, so it was old as hell that they were selling. The whole reason they sold it was because no one was buying the Touch Bar MacBooks the way they thought that they would, or, or not 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 the Touch Bar MacBooks, the, the MacBook without the Touch Bar. Remember that one? No one was buying that, and they were like, "Oh shoot, we've lost out." on a lot of people who are buying this stuff. So we're going to take this chip from like 2014 and still sell it. Okay, so if you bought this thing, because it went on sale, it was on sale until 2019. If you bought it in 2019, this thing is not going to get the latest macOS update, which mm-hmm. is BS because you could still have active Apple Care. Like it, it's not like this, this is this is kind of not cool. And they, they did the same thing with the, some other stuff. And so to me, I look at this, yes, they upgraded the guts and, and that's fine, but it's like, this doesn't need to exist. At a certain point, I, I wish that Apple would just let it die. Cut some of their pro- would, would cut some of their product lines and and just like let people either configure a higher end MacBook Air or just get the base model, you know, M1, you know, uh, uh, Pro 14. Anyway, that's my rant. Sorry. Good rant though. Good rant. Yeah, it, it, it seems like a. I, I, I was just really shocked to see anything about it. Um, certainly just confused to see the touch bar still persisting when, you know, yes. like the machine that I have has gotten rid of it and it's perfect for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we will talk about that, I think, uh, when it comes, when it becomes available next month and people start tearing it down. Same with the new MacBook Airs with the M2 chip. We will continue to discuss them, I think. That that makes a pretty good show for today. Do we oh, want to transition? Why do? No, it's I. I yeah, we can talk we about it next we, week. We, we talk about it next week. No, it's fun. I think uh, let's. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to save it for next week. I've got a 24-hour charity marathon that starts tomorrow, so Mama's excited to get to sleep. Um, Brianna, what are you up to this week? Uh, I am working. Uh, I'm heading down to uh, a film premiere that I'm in. Uh, I appeared in, uh, so Alex Winter of Bill and Ted, uh, he produced the award-winning Zappa documentary, and uh, he invited me to uh, be one of the uh, people he's interviewing in his new uh, documentary film, which is called The YouTube Effect. It's about uh, the algorithm and uh, basically (laughs) radicalizing people on uh, YouTube and how it can push people towards extreme uh, viewpoints. Um, I'm really excited about that, and I've certainly never been to a movie premiere of a movie I'm one of the stars of before, so uh, I'm going down to New York for that. That's so exciting. Welcome yes, to That's awesome. He, and he's great. I love his documentaries. Congrats on being in that, and I, I can't wait to see the film when it comes out. 
There, there are a lot of cool shots of me working on my 911. <laughs> Do you know when, uh, when people will, or where, where can people go to find information about where they can screen the film when it, when uh, it comes well, time? I think I can't talk about that because big news is coming. <laughs> okay, cool enough. Uh, Christina, what are you up to this week? Yeah, so um, I'm uh, just doing some work stuff and, uh, you know, um, uh, talking about all, all, all the things. And um, I'm going to be in Europe in a couple of weeks, actually. Congrats. Which is fun. Thank you. Um, but no, I mean, I'm just chilling, just having a good time. Um, I was really excited by WWDC. It was fun because I got to like live tweet it, but like for work, <laughs> like it wasn't just like Christina, like, like effing off, you know, like yeah. I got to like, it actually kind of had like work component with it and it, and it's fun. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to watching some more of the sessions to see what other stuff might come out and, and see, you know, if anything might be interesting in my world, but yeah, good stuff. Excellent. Uh, I am starting Polygonathon tomorrow. If you haven't heard, Polygon is running a 24-hour gaming charity marathon for Trans Lifeline. It starts at noon Eastern at twitch.tv slash Polygon. Um, I will be on the opening block. I'm going to be playing Jackbox. Uh, I don't know if this episode will be up by then, but I'll be back uh, in the evening, I believe around 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, with my new colleague, uh, Xtina, we're going to be, uh, well, I'm going to be watching them play Valorant. Um, <laughs> but after that, we'll be playing Sea of Thieves. And that's just going to run uh, till noon on Friday. Uh, so please do tune in if you can. It's going to be very, very fun and uh, chaotic, as is our way. I think we we have a, a history of, you know, being a little bit slapdash with our productions. We're really trying to do it right this time. We've got a whole production team. It's going to be in studio. It's going to be very fancy. But I think that classic polygon chaos will still pervade. It certainly has in the planning. Hey! Um, but I, I'm, I'm psyched to, to do that because I think I, I get a lot of energy from doing that kind of thing. And it's a really good cause, too. So tune in for that. I would also like to shout out uh, Rocket listener David, who I met at a showing at the Alamo of RRR last week. Um, listeners might, I, I don't remember if we mentioned it in the episode, but Brie and I recorded on a Tuesday because I was going to see the wonderful Telugu action film RRR for a fourth time in theaters. <laughs> uh, and I met David there and I bought them a drink because uh, Rocket Rules applied. So it was so nice to see you. I hope you enjoyed the film. I, I, I think you did based on our interaction that we had after it. Uh, that was awesome. And welcome to New York. Hey, pal. Um, cool. So uh, that's all for this week. Uh, Brianna, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Brianna Wu. And Christina? You can find me on Twitter at film underscore girl on GitHub at film girl one word. And you can find the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash GitHub. And you can find me uh, everywhere. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram at Doom Quasar. And most importantly, at twitch.tv slash Polygon this week. Thanks for listening to Rocket. Uh, we super appreciate everyone who leaves reviews for our show. It helps other people find it. If you want people to find the if you want people to hear the latest news via this particular medium, it behooves you to leave a review so that they uh, might see that the show exists uh, and listen to it. Yep, we still need people to go in and encounter the Tesla review bombing that happened. So I was, it, us, it looked pretty yes. good to me when I was pinging around so, in Apple uh, Podcasts. A lot of them were bots, and you can report that. So I back channeled. So hopefully they got rid of that. That cool. would be awesome. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Uh, this episode of Rocket is terminated. 
terminated. Terminated. 